T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jay Glazer, Fox Sports, unveil the video of the videographer shooting the sideline at Cleveland of the Cincinnati sideline. It's not just the video that is damning focused on (laughs) sitting there on the Bengals sideline, but it's the audio. Listen to the interaction between security and the videographer who is now suspended, by the way, David Mondillo. Here's the audio. And this is a piece you're filming on your advanced scout? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, guys. But I can delete this right here for you. Damage is done, my friend. There's no way I can get that footage back. I'm being honest with you. Okay, that's how my kids react. It went on when they're guilty, when they know they're caught. The kids say... Can I delete it, essentially? Ross, I wanted to believe, because I do believe, Bill Belichick is the smartest person I've ever covered, and I've said this before, in politics, in business, and in sports. In this case, he was the stupidest head coach in all of professional sports. It is clear from the video and the reaction of David Mondillo, they were guilty, guilty, guilty. I was wrong. You were right, sir. Well, hold on a second. Tell me why you feel so strongly now that the Patriots are guilty. What aspect of it? Couple we of already, things. We already knew they were filming the sideline. So, yeah. I mean, and that there were eight minutes of video of them filming right. the sideline that the Bengals security guy had captured. What about it? Is it about him saying he'll delete it? Is it about him saying, I'll be honest with you? By the way, that is usually a telltale sign when someone's like, I'll be honest with you. Nah, not usually, not usually. There's usually a reason why they're saying that. Yeah. Well, it was that. It was the reaction, the feeling, the appearance. That was guilt on videotape. That was guilt. Offering to delete the video right then and there is guilt. But number two, why, they why is offering this to delete the video guilt? Hang on one sec. Let me just pile on top of that. Initially, we were told this was a, you know, sort of a freelance or a contract. Uh, now we know David Mondillo has worked for the organization for 18 years and once helped produce Bill Belichick's program. So there is no, and, and then the third thing that I don't like as that David Mondillo on this video when encountered suggested he didn't know what we're seeing on the videotape, the sideline. He didn't know that he was not supposed to shoot that videotape. Oh, there's one more thing. If I can pile on this shit Sunday there for the Patriots, it's that if you go back and read Seth Wickersham's incredible reporting of Spygate 1, this matches up almost word for word what the videographers were told to say if caught 
back then. So they haven't even changed their playbook. So I wish it were one thing that changed my mind. Instead, it was at least four things. The audio is probably the most damning of those. And the fact that the videographer worked for the organization for 18 years and certainly then knew the rules and knew what Bill Belichick would have presumably wanted of another team. So I get a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, one is I would submit to you that what an advanced scout does do at a game is they do look at the substitutions for the team that they're going to play in the next game. They look at hand signals, see if they can pick anything up. All of that is legal. What's not legal, obviously, is to video it. But they do look at hand signals, any type of signaling that's going on, coverage signals. And they do look at substitution patterns and the sideline. So I guess what I would tell you is if they're doing a documentary or a show on what an advanced scout does, I'm okay with them showing the sideline a little bit. For them to have done it for eight straight minutes or as long as they did it, I think eight minutes might, by the way, only be what the Bengals security people captured. Who knows how long they were doing it? I think that's when the Patriots start to lose some credibility. And then, you know, what's weird about it is he acts like he doesn't know you're not supposed to do that, which I would find hard to believe if he's been around the organization for 18 years that he wouldn't know he's not supposed to do that. And then so quick to say he'll delete it. Like, if you didn't think you did anything wrong, you wouldn't, you'd be like, yeah, I'm just filming the sideline. What's what's wrong? Like, it, it, it doesn't go together with me all that well, Dave, both the I didn't know it was wrong and I'll delete it, I'll delete it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. And David Mondillo released his own statement saying, we also took footage of the field as the intent was to show what he, the advanced scout, was looking at when he looked through his binoculars watching the game. That should have been exactly what David Mondillo told that security when they asked him what he was shooting. Well, I'm just trying to shoot exactly what our scout would see, would look in at, and would focus on with his binoculars. For you, someone who played the game and broadcast the game and stands on the sideline, what could have been gathered? What could have been learned if Bill Belichick was hand-delivered that videotape? I guess in the end, that's what I can't help but I can't get away from. How much could they actually gain from that video to prepare for the Bengals? Uh, I don't think that much, uh, which is one of the major flaws, I think, in a lot of the things that the Patriots have done. Like, even though... Some people would say that not, there was no real conclusion to deflate gate. The fact that the Patriots have played so well and won Super Bowl since then would be evidence in my mind, Dave, that it didn't really help that much, right? I mean, even the game after, you know, that Colt situation, they were terrific 
even without the balls being a little under the inflation threshold. So, and even you go back to Spygate, I don't know how much they really got out of that. I don't know how much it really helped them. Really, only Bill Belichick and Ernie Adams can really answer that. I, I guess it's helpful for them to know what the substitution patterns are. I guess it's helpful for them to maybe try to dissect some of the coverage signals. Let's not forget, you know, the people that say they don't need to do that against the Bengals. It's the Bengals. First of all, the Patriots never look at it that way. That's one of the reasons why they're so successful. They never take an opponent for granted, and they would never look at it and say, oh, it's just the Bengals. Never. Never, ever, ever. Secondly, they're struggling. They are struggling this year. So they're looking for any minuscule, minimal benefit that they can ever get, they will try to get. Yep. I think I told you before, we would practice on the game field. They wouldn't let the grounds crew back when it was a grass field, make sure the field was in good conditions. They wanted it in bad conditions so that we understood and knew the pros and cons of the field better than our opponent. Any, you know, their philosophy, Dave, is any little advantage they can get, you get a little here, a little here, a little there, a little here, a little here, a little here, a little there. Well, you put them all together, and now you're giving yourself a, a decent advantage going into the game. You know, it's funny because so many people say, why would they do this? Why would they have the guy, you know, be in Patriots gear in the press box? That, my friends, is the beauty of it. Dave, have you ever tried to sit somewhere at a sporting event, a better seat than you actually had? Oh, yeah. Plenty of times. Okay. What? Tell me your strategy. Uh, well, it's always generally baseball games because there's always empty seats at baseball games. And the whole key is just act like you belong there. Don't show any confusion. Don't look down. Don't look at anything. Don't pull out tickets. You just got to act like you belong there. Thank you. That is the beauty of it. I've done that a million times growing up. You don't make eye contact with the security guard. You don't look at your tickets. You don't look like you don't know what you're doing. You walk by that guy like you own the place, and you will be shocked and horrified if he tries to stop you from going and sitting in the seats that your grandpa has had since 1938. That, that is how you act, okay? And that is the beauty of what the Patriots did here is that they got credentialed, they're wearing a Patriots uh, stuff, they're in the press box. It's one of those things that you'd look over at him in the press box and you'd be like, yeah, well, I mean, he's got a credential. He's here. He's got a video camera. Must be fine. M must must be fine. That That's the beauty of it. Plus, if they do get busted, like they might have here, they have plausible deniability. I'm there for a show. I'm filming the advanced scout and what he does. 
plausible deniability, Belichick can wash his hands of it and say, I don't have anything to do with it. Now, let me say this, Dave. I'm not 100% certain that the Patriots are cheating in this instance. Not at all. In fact, I would say maybe I'm 60% cheating, 40% they didn't, whatever it is, right? What I would tell you is they absolutely do not deserve and shouldn't get the benefit of the doubt. And I don't know how anybody could argue otherwise. But let me get to this point, Dave. And this is the last thing I have to say about this. Does it really matter? Like, they're going to end up getting a fine. They're going to end up losing a draft choice. But other than that, does it really matter if it's a second-round pick versus a fifth-round pick? If the fine's $100,000 versus a million? It's going to happen. They're going to lose a pick, I think, and they're going to and they're going to get fined. Does it matter what the details of that are? No, no. And and I just want to see some quick action. Um, I'm surprised. I feel that they're more guilty than you do. I think I've I've flipped. Uh, I guess a little quick. Um, I did give the benefit of the doubt. That's why I'm angry. I hate when I give someone the benefit of the doubt and they prove me wrong. I hate that. So I guess that's why I flipped so far so fast. Let's start up the radio.com red zone, get some local reaction on the story. W E E I as stations around the country are talking about this. It is subject number one in Boston this morning. Listen, if this thing comes out, it's going to be dangerous because some people will understand that you look at it and say, there's nothing you can really glean from this. You can't really figure anything out. And there are other people that are going to look at it and they're going to say, wait a minute, it's the sideline. So you have to be getting something out of it by pointing it to the sideline, not understanding what you really need to be able to sit there and get any information out of it. I've already seen it on Twitter where there are a lot of people that are fairly well educated that you would think are national media people that are saying they showed their guilt right there. They're basically saying, I'll I'll delete it for you right here if you want. I'll delete it. Maybe they're showing it because they got caught. All right, so let, let me play a little devil's advocate then here. If, I, if I'm the, if I'm a, the house. Uh, all right, how about this? Maybe you and I can't see what's valuable on there, but maybe the greatest mind in the history of football could see something valuable there. You need a lot of help to and beat that's that one-win team. And, and that's why. Well, that's not the point. The point is you did something that you weren't supposed to do that's that correct. you already got in trouble for. Okay, so if you're saying, well, this is useless information, I'll counter that with, like, Nothing's useless to Bill Belichick. He is the most uh, uh, incredible coach in the history of the NFL. There's something he could probably get from. We're all in agreement. If it wasn't the Patriots, for the most part, it probably would have been. Okay, hold on, hold on. Time out. I agree with you. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. If it was a team that had, in recent history, uh, gotten gotten dinged for that before, would they have been dinged again? Okay, so then uh, why would it be the Patriots? The Patriots because there the is, name another team that would been through that. Okay. Name another team that would do it twice. My biggest problem with showing this video was that no matter if, if you if you looking at it from a football standpoint, you probably and I already heard Jimmy Johnson and others who would understand whether you can gain anything from it are pretty much saying there's nothing really there. The problem is to the to majority of the people out there. They look at it and say, oh, my God, it's the sideline view. There's a lot there. And you have the Patriot employees sitting there saying, I could delete it for you right now. I'll take care of it. I'll I'll do it. So what ends up. It doesn't diminish what they did. 
Radio.com, Red Zone there, W-E-E-I on Sunday, Patriots postgame show with Glenn Ordway. I think you heard Fred Smurlis in there as well. Is this only a big deal because of the Patriots, and does it change the way you view their accomplishments? Well, it is a bigger deal because it's the Patriots. Uh, It doesn't really affect how I feel about their accomplishments. My frustration has always been that they do these small things that allow people to call into question the accomplishments of all the, 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 the great players they've had. But I will say this, I'd like to go back to the initial Spygate audio or the initial Deflategate audio. It actually sounds like this is the first time where they're like, yeah, this doesn't look good. You know, I feel like everybody up there in New England was so defiant the first couple times. And it, 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 correct me if you think I'm wrong, Dave, but it feels like this time there's at least a little bit more balance than I think there was for Spygate 1 or Deflategate. The Dallas Cowboys just are maddeningly inconsistent. It's just who they are. On Sunday, they finally had their first great win, first good win of the season, first time they've beat a winning team, and wow, did they punish them. I mean, they obliterated the Los Angeles Rams 44-21, wasn't even that close, 475 yards total offense, annihilating that Rams front seven, both Zeke Elliott and Pollard over 115 yards rushing. It was a dominant effort on the ground, 263 yards rushing. But Ross, the story was almost what happened before the game. The Radio.com Red Zone continues now with 105.3 The Fan hashing out Defergate, which was when the quarterback, the captain, Dak Prescott, went out there, and instead of simply saying, we defer at the opening coin toss, said, we want to kick off. Here's 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Defer. Defer. You want to kick. Okay, you're going to kick. No, 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 you don't want to kick. You want to defer. Do you think he got that, Bay? Because if they say kick, then the Rams would have their option in in the second half. Yeah. Whoa. I have not heard that. Yeah. Brad Sham doing play-by-play and commentary of the coin toss. Dak did say kick. He did say defense. But he also eventually said defer. And that apparently... Uh, got the Cowboys the rock to start off the third quarter. Ask me, hey, ask me if I want to go to lunch with you today. You want to go to lunch with me today? I don't know. Maybe yes. Hamburgers, chicken, no, yes. Whoa. <laughs> All right, so What's you, my answer? You blame the Cowboys more 100%. than the rest. 100%. It, it was awfully nice of the NFL to, to, to interject that clearly the Cowboys don't want to kick it twice. That can't be what they meant. Uh, yeah, definitely a weird start. Uh, we wanted to set adversity there instead of on the field uh, so we could play from behind immediately. <laughs> but uh, just bad, bad use of words by me. Um, able to we listen to the audio. We got it figured out. Um, but, yeah, just wasn't the best, wasn't the cleanest coin flip I've been a part of. So what did you say? In, in how a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's audio to it. There's audio to it. I was waiting for Elias Sports Bureau to tweet out when, when's the last time a team got the ball at the beginning and got the ball at halftime. You know, the NFL was not obligated to do what they did. No. 
Just because I said defer somewhere in the sentence after I said kick doesn't mean I get the ball. So I don't blame Walt Anderson. He didn't he didn't know what to do. Yeah. It's, nobody nobody's ever made four choices before. 105 through the fan in Dallas reacting to Defergate, which was going to be the story of the day until the Dallas Cowboys just destroyed the Rams, made that stout defense just invisible. Dak was fantastic in the game, but he almost screwed this one up, Ross. I guess for devil's advocate, I don't even understand why the NFL has a situation that would allow you to kick off to start both halves. I mean, look, it should be if we say kick off, then you do receive in the second half. But should the NFL have done, did they do the right thing in coming to Dak's rescue? I do think they did the right thing. But Dave, can you even imagine if the Rams ended up getting the ball at the start of the half, both halves, if the NFL didn't correct what I thought was a poor choice of words by Dak Prescott, but also a mistake by Walt Anderson. You know what he meant, Walt, and he said defer. So I thought that was handled very poorly by Walt Anderson. As usual, Dak should have been cleaner to use his words. But Dave, can you imagine what the whole world would be like? What this show would be like if the Cowboys lost by like a field goal and the Rams got the ball to start both halves? Can you freaking imagine what that would be like? And let me just say this too. I think it, it's laughable to me that while all of the coin toss stuff is going on, it's Jason Garrett, LOL, fire Garrett now, like all of this blame of Jason Garrett. And then you actually hear the audio and you're like, well, he clearly told Dak what to do. He said defer. Dak just screwed it up. But you don't hear people saying, oh, my bad, Jason Garrett. Still bash him. Then at the end of the game, when they kill the Rams, it's not, boy, Jason Garrett, great job getting those guys to bounce back from those two bad losses. It's just, wow, look how good the Cowboys players are. I, I, don't, I just don't like in life when a guy becomes like a punching bag. You know, it's like Jason Garrett and Trubisky and Kirk Cousins and the social media mob. It's a safe haven for them to just bust it on him all the time. I, I hate that. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
for 43 years, I have hated the Raiders. On Sunday, I, for the first time in my life, wanted them to win. They couldn't deliver, blowing a 13-point lead in the final game in Oakland Coliseum. And just when you felt bad for Raiders fans, they gave a big F you to their players, booing them off the field, saying F you to Derek Carr, throwing things on the field. There were even arrests. Raiders fans, good freaking riddance. Let's get into that. Joe Shasky, the butcher boy, joins us. Shasky, good to see you, brother. Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. How you feeling after that Niners upset at the hands of the Falcons at home? What the hell happened, man? That was ridiculous. They played absolutely terrible. They came out flat. I thought that the game plan was absolutely vanilla. One of Shanahan's worst performances as far as creativity, setting up guys. I mean, he just kept trying to feed Tevin Coleman to prove that, you know, Tevin Coleman should have stuck with the Falcons or something. I'm not sure. Raheem Mostert is the best running back on this team right now. And for some reason, Kyle Shanahan is not giving him 20 to 25 carries like he absolutely deserves in every single game. He's got fresher legs. He's got more jukes. He's got more speed to the outside. Raheem Mostert is a problem. He should be the number one running back. It shouldn't even be close. For some reason, he's sprinkling in Breida and putting way too much Coleman on my plate i want a center plate steak of raheem mostert every single week i don't know why they've gone away from that and then again the trend for kyle shanahan and, I, and I'm, I'm calling it a trend now because it's happened time and time again in a lot of their losses not just this year going back last year and even in year one he's only in year three but he has a problem with clock management when julio jones caught a pass in the final minute they were marching down about the 25 yard line they had three full timeouts left there's about a minute and six seconds left i'm screaming from the stands Call a timeout. Your defense is gassed. They're going to score a touchdown. Leave enough time on the clock so that your offense can, can have some time to march down the field and kick a game-winning field goal. And uh, they didn't. And 30 seconds goes off the clock. Matt Ryan hits Julio again. They get all the way down to about the five-yard line. And with five seconds left, Kyle Shanahan calls timeout and allows Atlanta to regroup and, and get themselves together. It's just this is a trend for Kyle Shanahan. He's throwing the ball in situations where he should run it late in games to close out, and he doesn't understand when and where to use his timeouts. This is really, really driving me crazy at this point. Joe, did this show like a chink in the armor, and does this give you serious pause or concern about the Niners' ability to go to the Super Bowl, or do you just kind of – wave it off and say, you know, they lost the game at home. They shouldn't have. They'll still win the next two. They're still the best team. Yeah, I've been arguing with fans for the last 24 hours. It's driving me nuts because everybody's like, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does matter because, again, this is not the same defense. They are hurt right now. They're banged up. Uh, on offense, you can tell they lost their 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 center, Weston Richburg, who was playing unbelievable. That's affected them in the run game. That's affected them in the pass game. And then as far as that pass game goes, Jimmy Garoppolo never was in rhythm yesterday. That is alarming. If you want to win playoff games, your quarterback has to be in rhythm, especially against a bottom third defense like the Atlanta Falcons. Like, you need 
to understand what that team was that came into the field. They had one ridiculous player, Julio Jones, and he single-handedly beat you. Well, guess what? All the teams that are going to make the playoffs have multiple dudes on offense that are dynamic studs that will rip your heart out. And, and look, the, this secondary isn't getting healthier. Like, even if Sherman and Jaquaski tart come back, like, those are very good players. But you don't get healthier as the season goes on. I mean, like, you broke a rib. You, you know this, Ross Tucker. I mean, you break a rib. You're not healthy for weeks. You can't even lift your arm. And you're going to go out and play the violent sport of, uh, of the NFL? Like, get out of here. And then Richard Sherman is hobbling around. I love Richard Sherman. But a hamstring could pop at any moment. You got uh, a young man mostly on one side and another guy, Witherspoon, on the other. They're so young and they're so raw. And this secondary uh, is getting exposed. And then simultaneously, this pass rush isn't as deep as it was just five weeks ago. No D Ford is humongous. No DJ Jones up the middle clogging things. That guy is a freak. He's gigantic. DeForest Buckner's been on a milk carton for about four weeks. And Nick Bosa is playing more snaps right now than he has at any point in his life. I mean, let's not remember, forget, this guy only played three or four games at Ohio State. He's hit the rookie wall. And he's still an absolute stud. I mean, he's making plays. It's just he can't finish plays right now because there's not a lot of help on that defense, uh, defensive line. So I'm extremely worried. I'm telling you right now, if they have to play in the wild card game, they may win one game. But that's it. They need this bye game, uh, this bye week, to get rested, and they need that home field advantage. I, they absolutely need that. You're also out there covering the Raiders, who I actually had some sympathy for late. I can't believe this Bronco fan wanted the Raiders to win their final game at Oakland Coliseum, and in particular wanted it for the fans. They blow the 13-point lead, and the fans turn on the team in a big way, booing them, F you to Derek Carr, throw, Derek Carr st throwing stuff on the field. I think there was an arrest or two. What was a bigger letdown to you, the way the team finished or the fans finished? Well, first off, Dave, I have to – I'm caping up for the fans here, and I mean this sincerely – this is on Mark Davis, one of the worst owners in the history of sports. This dude has been collecting a welfare check from the NFL and begging municipalities to fund his private organization. I'm sorry. I am, I'm so against public money being used for private finance. This drives me absolutely nuts. This dude had his hand out demanding that the city of Oakland and the county of Alameda give him a stadium, give him land, you know, free of the, like, free of, of everything. Could you imagine Joe's liquor store on the corner saying, hey, you know what, I'd like roof improvements. I'd like to buy my next door neighbor's building at one-tenth the cost. You, the city of Oakland, should be paying for that. Because that's essentially what Mark Davis has done to the city of Oakland. He's had a middle finger to the fans for 20 years. He's one of the worst owners in the history of the game. He has no liquid assets whatsoever. He's knee deep in financial debt. And that's why he's whoring himself out to go to Las Vegas. Good riddance. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. And as far as the fan behavior, no one's condoning throwing some stuff out onto the field. I mean, those guys, that's one out of so many fans that are out there. That guy's an idiot or that person is an idiot. Clearly. Uh, I'm just saying this organization has kicked its fan base in the nuts time and time and time again. I don't blame Oakland fans. I don't blame Raider fans. I blame Mark Davis. I'm telling you, look at that. In, in about five years when Jerry Jones decides he wants to sell the, 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 the Raiders to some giant investor and they finally boot Mark Davis, it's going to happen. Believe me, it's going to happen. We're going to all look back in this and say, 
Mark Davis got completely hoodwinked by Jerry Jones, who wanted to have a team in Vegas and wanted to uh, have basically some sort of a weekend travel party whenever his team decided to play the Oakland Raiders every eight years on the road. Because it's an absolute joke. It's a travesty that Mark Davis was allowed to have control of this NFL team, try to go to Southern California, rejected, and then got a free handout by the city of Las Vegas where they're paying a billion dollars for a stadium that he doesn't even really want because he's a greedy, ungrateful jerk who doesn't deserve his team. I'm telling you, worst owner in professional sports, hands down. The city of Oakland gets a bad rap. I feel so bad for the Oakland Raider fans. And Mark Davis, honest to God, don't ever come back to the Bay Area. We don't want you here. Go to the P.F. Changs in Las Vegas. We don't ever want to see you again. Over the weekend, I had a problem. What happens when parenting duties and NFL fandom collide? <coughs> Excuse me. Got a little uh, cough well, uh, here. And Dave, here, here's the deal, Dave. It wasn't just fandom, though. Let me, let me take you into my world a little bit. I know where you're going with this. I've seen your tweet at Dave Briggs TV, so I know the deal. And here's the beauty of it. It's not just fandom anymore, bro. This is your job. This is work. Sorry, honey, but I have to watch these games because I have to talk about it tomorrow on Home and Home with Ross Tucker. We've got bazillions of listeners and viewers that need my expert opinion of these games. And they check it out, radio.com slash home or the radio.com app. I have to watch these. It's a work obligation. But set the scene right. for us. You're right. It's not just parenting. It's my job to watch NFL games. So I had two dance recitals yesterday. I have two daughters. I have a 14-year-old and I have a 7-year-old. And both their recitals, wouldn't you know it, how rude, fall on a Sunday. So I'm at these recitals, and I told my wife, look, I mean, I'm obviously going to go, but you know I have to watch these games. Like, I probably would anyway. I probably would have been streaming the games anyway because I love the NFL that much. But because it is my job, I literally have no choice. And your daughter only dances for about three minutes of three hours. So what do I do? I put my iPhone on the NFL.com app, which allows you to stream Red Zone, Thank you, NFL app. I put it there on the program. And if you're watching us on the radio.com app, you can see the dance recital program showing the four o'clock show rundown. There's 21 acts at this dance recital. So I can't miss a couple of hours of the NFL Sunday and then appear on this show like I know what I'm talking about. So it wasn't just that. I got some awkward looks from that. The problem, I think, was the wireless earphones, <coughs> the wireless earphones prevented me from realizing how loud I was talking. So when my son asked me a question, I said, it's almost over. And like five adults looked back at me like you asshole. <laughs> so I realized then that it was the wireless earbuds. I was listening to the games on while streaming the games. I was revealed as the ultimate douche dad in the dance recital. Should I feel bad? No, not at all. Okay. You know who should feel bad? The pirouette posse. That's who should feel bad. 
And I want to get the head of the Pirouette Posse on here as a guest. And I want to know, what are they thinking when they schedule this recital on a Sunday during football season? And not just at any time, by the way, at 4 o'clock. Right when the 1 o'clock games are ending. Right when everyone in American society should be watching the red zone to see how all the one o'clock Eastern time games end. That's when they start it. I'll tell you what the truth is here. Whoever's in charge, of the pirouette posse, they hate football. They <laughs> hate America. They hate you. They hate me. What, what is going through their skull when they schedule this? On a Sunday, everybody knows during football season, you only schedule things either in the morning on the weekends, like soccer or a swim meet or whatever, or during the week after school. You don't do it on a, you don't do it on a Saturday, but you really don't do it on a Sunday. And I've been to those recitals, and you are 100% right. Your daughter is only out there for three minutes of hours and hours of other, I'm sure they're lovely girls, and um, it's not the worst, it's not the least entertaining thing I've ever watched. They've got different songs, and they dance, and it's cool. Like, it's fine. It's fine. But... Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no on NFL Sunday at 4 o'clock. That was going to be my question for you was whether or not you put the earbuds in. Because, I, you know, you can almost get away with having the program like that and having the phone there. I was curious as to whether or not you put the earbuds in and got the audio so you could hear what was going on. I actually felt like the earbuds were number one. The video was actually going to be number two because what I what I did at times, I tilted the uh, phone down so everyone around me couldn't see it. But as soon as I heard in my ear, you know, the enthusiasm go up, then that's where I tilted the phone back down so I could see exactly what was going on. Look, uh, you got to do what you got to do. I really appreciate the school system out here in Connecticut for having great Wi-Fi. And let me just say a big thank you because if I'd had bad stream quality, I probably had would have gone out into the hallway. I would have gone out into the hallway and might have missed my daughter and then would have been in the doghouse forever. What would you have done in this situation? Uh, uh, the exact same thing you did. Or I would not have gone to the recital at all. But I don't think I would have done that. I think I would have done the exact same thing you did. Right. You have I, two daughters. I think you, did it, I think you did it exactly right. I don't think you should feel bad at all. I think the pirouette posse should feel bad. Here's my question for you. Yeah. How did your wife feel about it? She was actually okay with it because when she first saw the breakdown of when the shows were, she actually said to me before I even had a reaction, I know it's Sunday, it's four o'clock, it's not great, we'll work it out. So there was no way she was giving me an out. 
There was no question I had to go, but she was at least introducing the concept that maybe I would sneak out in the hall. Maybe I'd be in and out. I don't think she knew I was going to stream the game on my phone in the ceremony, but she understands ultimately at the end of the day, what pays the bills. All right. So I got, I got two questions. I got two more things for you. Number one, what would you have done a year ago before you were the host of the soon-to-be award-winning show, Home and Home, on the Radio.com app? Well, I got to tell you, I've had problems with this before, before it was my job. The one time that I really pushed it too far, and I'm okay with the dance recital, but there was a time that I pushed it too far. Two years ago, 9.30, London game, Texans playing, really wanted to watch it. But it was one of those Sundays that for some reason we had to go to church. And yes, that time I was kicked. That time I was told not to ever have my phone out at church. Do not stream NFL games at church. I learned a cardinal rule that day that I broke. So it's long been a problem. I've long streamed games on the sideline of my son's soccer and or basketball games. That I don't get dirty looks. I usually have dads come look on and check scores. Church, I'll admit, was a step or two or three too far. Yeah, church is uh, church is taking that a little far, I think. Um, now, let me ask you this, because yesterday, so I had to leave, and I, I want your advice on this. Yeah. I had to leave on Friday to go to the Army-Navy game. And I didn't get back till late Saturday night. And my wife and daughters happened to be going to this thing they do with my wife's family where they stay at this kind of resort place in Lancaster called uh, Eden, right? The Eden Resort. So they're there. And then uh, they have brunch there on Sunday. And then they actually wanted to go to Hershey Park and enjoy Hershey Park. It's fine. We have season tickets uh or my wife's family has season tickets i should say i, I don't want to act like i get I, I can go to every game if i want to but my wife's family has season tickets to the hershey bears which is ahl hockey it's a good it's it's really fun and they're really good seats club club seats they're great uh there was a game yesterday at five we only ever go to the sunday five o'clock games because any other game, it's 7 o'clock, and by the time you get done, it's 9, and our kids are a little too young for that. My wife said, is there any way you can come? Yeah, that's how she positioned it. <laughs> and I guess I could have gone, but because especially because it was 5 o'clock and the early games would have been done. But if I would have gone, Dave, and I would have been streaming the red zone for the five, four o'clock games. She would say to me, you should, you're not present. You're not here. You shouldn't have come at all. So like that, then I can't yeah. go because if, if I, if I go and I can't be following the Rams, Cowboys and, all these games, the Raiders last game with the black hole, I, I can't go. But in that instance, when it's not like a recital, but like an, a social thing, she would say to me, why did you even come? You're not present. You're not here with us. You shouldn't even come. 
So you made the, I you made the right decision because I knew that would be her reaction. Come on, where you been for last month, Angelo? I've been, I've been, I've been thinking, Angelo. I've been hoping my Cowboys come around. Oh, he's been thinking no, I for doubt the that. last yeah, month. He's been thinking. I've heard your calls, Lamont. I don't think you do much thinking. Hey, Angelo, I've been listening to all your shows. Trust me. Yeah. Well, well, why did you never take the call me while your team was doing awful? Always tell me you never let me on the radio when I call. I let you on now. I'm listening to you now. What do you want? What do you want to say? We got a big game coming up on Sunday. What are you feeling Angelo. right now, Lamont? I know. I got. I got. I got news for you, Angelo. It's not going to be happy next week. For you? City. For you oh, or for God. us? For you guys. We're going to lose? Yeah, you see how we dismantled um, the Rams last night? Yeah. I was, at, I was at the Redskins game yesterday. If that boy would have caught the ball number 17, it would have been over with. All right, hold on, Lamont. I'm getting some bad feedback. I, I got to put somebody outside here who's not happy right. I just did this. Eagles, Shirley. Shirley, you're not happy I put Lamont on? No, no, you do not get a chance to come on this station, and now you want to talk. Get him off. Don't nobody want to hear him, Angelo. We already get off the phone. It's time for you to hang up. Don't nobody want to hear nothing about you and your dad on Dallas fans. The Angelo will hang you up. You got to get off the phone. No, listen, Shirley doesn't want you on. We do not want to hear from you. Not today. We got to get finished going through what we're going through. He's nervous. He's nervous. I ain't nervous at all. Woo! It was heated this morning. Kevin Hagelin joining us 105 through the fan in Dallas. Kevin, good to see you, man. Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker. What's your message for Eagles, Shirley, ahead of this Eagles-Cowboys matchup? I mean, Lamont is clearly right. We already destroyed the Eagles once, so what makes you think it won't happen again? That's right. Yeah, I get I mean... cocky after one win. <laughs> no, but in all sincerity, Kevin, I, I've watched every snap the Eagles have played. You you should be embarrassed if you don't beat the Eagles next Sunday. You really should be. Well, that would be about par for the course for a few different times this Cowboys season, so I wouldn't rule anything out. What would it mean? Seriously, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time, and I'm sure you speculated it for hours and hours and hours on 105.3 The Fan. Would that have to spell the end for Jason Garrett if they lose to the practice squad Eagles? Yes. And, and uh, you know, it, it's really funny that people strictly focus on Jason Garrett. It's going to go so much beyond that is, you know, Chris Richard, a lot of people thought that was going to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And it was only a matter of time. You know, the shine is really off of him. Kellen Moore, will he stick around with a new regime? I don't know about that because you got to think people are going to they're going to clean house. So it's it's not just Garrett. There's going to be a lot of people and a lot of, quite frankly, a lot of players who might see their last game with this team, too. So, Kevin, I, I saw this morning where Troy Aikman said the Cowboys are the team that nobody in the NFC wants to play when they're playing like they did yesterday. Do you believe that? Uh, I mean, I do, but that is a gigantic caveat because how how long have you seen the Cowboys st- like the Cowboys have not strung together consecutive performances like that since the first 3 weeks of the season and the obvious argument can be made that those were against 3 of the worst teams in the NFL. So 
Troy Aikman is right, but that is a gigantic caveat, like I said, because how often does this team play like that? Not very. What was the last time? The, the Eagles game? And that's about it over the last 11 weeks. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.